0: Two years ago, I was you, sitting, watching, wondering, maybe shedding a tear or two, and that's why I really wanted to help orchestrate this year's Christmas Tea, so that more women could press pause on the busy holiday season, awaken your Christmas spirit, and maybe take a step forward in your own spiritual journey. I wouldn't have imagined back then that I'd be standing here today introducing our speaker, my dear friend and role model, the wife of Parkview's executive pastor, and the woman who first brought the Christmas tea to Parkview, Margie Davis. Thank you, Patty. Thank you for believing in the Christmas tea, even when I didn't. And thank you for all the ladies. Will you guys join me in thanking all the ladies who have helped out to make this tea possible? I love looking out at all your beautiful faces here today so thank you so much for being here this Christmas tea is a moment for us each moment in our life leads to the story of our life take a moment right now to look around you at the women next to you that are sitting next to you these women are are living you are living your life with these amazing women who love you make this one moment that you won't forget. We come from all walks of life and every part of our community, and yet we are here today to share our lives over a cup of tea. My prayer has been all along that even though we don't know each other all by name, but that we will connect with each other, be inspired, and awaken to God's love in our life. Can you guys hear me okay? Christmas teas have been a part of my growing up since I was a young girl and for the past 16 years of ministry. In fact, I recently came across this photo that I want to share with all of you of my mother and Allison Gardner. That's Allison Gardner and her mother. If you guys don't know Allison Gardner, she's here on staff, and she works with our high school students. So take a look at those matching dresses. (laughs) Those are great. Oh, my goodness. Life is busy, isn't it? And even more so as we get closer to Christmas. It's December 7th, and we have 17 days left until Christmas Eve. Each year, I want to enjoy Christmas and every part of it. And I know that you do, too. But it can be such a blur. I mean, with all the shopping lists and the office parties and the concerts and the school events, well, you know, the list goes on and on. Anne Voskamp, in her brand-new book, The Greatest Gift, describes it this way. Sometimes about life, you feel it in your bones sometimes when you stop for a moment. Like life is the stairway that you just never stop climbing. This ladder that goes on forever without end. Isn't that true? Our world is so fast, and it's sometimes it can remove the very essence of peace, love, and goodwill. Several months ago, a friend and I were having coffee, and she just blurted out in the conversation, God, wake me up. What she meant at that moment was, God, I want to be alert and alive and awake to the things that you have in my life. She said this as I was in the midst of writing this talk, and it really stuck with me. Because like her, I also want to seize those divine moments in my life where God has for me to stretch me, to challenge me and to be available for whatever God brings my way. I want to live life to the fullest, and I know that you do too. We as women can get so focused on the details and the caring of other people and the stuff of life that sometimes we miss those bigger picture moments that God has for us, those encounters with God that challenge us and stretch us and awaken us to the power of his love. Our lives must be more than the sum of our to-do list. It must be about embracing who we are. It must be about embracing who we are and passionately living life to the fullest. So come with me on a short journey into the life of one amazing love story from Scripture. It's about a young girl who we all know and her relationship with God whose life and story has been downplayed and under-recognized, and yet it is one of the most thoughtful and inspiring. It is through her story that the Christmas story is contained, and it's through her story that we have the birth of Jesus. God sent his son for you and for me so that we may have a relationship with him. It is this story whom God chose to share his love story with. It is Mary, Mary. Her story is found in Luke chapter 1. Listen as I read. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so that the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who is said to be barren in her sixth, is in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. And then the angel left her. We've all heard this story before, right? Here is a young girl, a teenager, from a small, humble town of Nazareth. Mary was a Jewish girl who would have been familiar with the Old Testament, and her parents would have taught her to trust in God. It's life as usual, right? Present day, Mary is sitting in her living room, maybe with her girlfriends, looking at bride magazines, dreaming about the times that she's going to have with Joseph and her upcoming marriage. When out of nowhere comes an angel she has never seen before who tells her that she is going to have a baby, and that baby is not going to be a normal child, he's going to be Jesus, the Savior of the world, the Messiah whom she and her family would have been waiting for. Here is my Margie Kaye translation. (laughs) This is a defining moment for Mary. This was not welcome news, because though Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph, she was not married, nor had she ever been with a man. What this meant was that she was a pregnant teenage girl who would have been unclear and unsure and maybe afraid and didn't know what was gonna come and how things would turn out. She would be the subject of rumors and gossip, and people would talk, there would be speculation. Joseph could reject her, and ultimately, in the Old Testament, someone in her condition could be stoned. Mary wonders, why me? In Luke 1, it describes it this way This can't be, it's impossible. I've never been with a man. And Gabriel's response to her is compassionate and simple, for nothing is impossible with God. Mary's true character is revealed when she accepts this news and says, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. I mean, wow. I I mean, she doesn't say what I would have said. I mean, I would have said, uh, I mean, I really appreciate you coming down from heaven and everything, but thanks for thinking of me first. But I think I'm going to go ahead and pass on this one. No, she doesn't say that because Mary knew that God's love was constant and unchanging in her life. She under- her understanding of God was being challenged at that moment. The world that she knew was collapsing and it was changing. And yet she stood strong and courageous in that moment. Mary knew that God was going to provide a way for her, and she could trust in him. Dave and I had been married for a few years. When we decided that, you know, it's about the right time, let's just, you know, let's let's go ahead and start a family. This is a good time. And so we did. And uh, guess what? We couldn't get pregnant. And after years of trying and wondering why this wasn't God's plan for our life, you know, and asking lots of questions. Um, After many tests, the doctors told us we would never be able to get pregnant. And uh, this was one of those moments in my life that rocked my world. It challenged our love, and it challenged my belief in God. This news was unexpected, right? It was not the plan that Dave and I had for our life. One of my favorite writers, Brenning Manning, says, Define yourself radically as one loved by God. This is the true self. Every other identity is an illusion. God's love is not dependent on our circumstances. And when the world around you changes, his love for you doesn't change. Our job is to trust in God's love for us. God created us for a relationship with him, and his love fulfills the deepest desires of our heart. Right? Life happens, doesn't it? People can hurt us. Things don't turn out the way that we hope. And we can either choose to become numb, or we can seize these moments in our life and let God wrap his loving arms around us. God's love is unexpected, but at the same time, it's completely perfect. Sometimes I need to accept God's love in my life and let God carry me. Like now, right? (laughs) The text tells us that the very next thing that Mary does is to hurry and go see her cousin Elizabeth. I love this part, right, because she goes to see her friend, a woman. Mary and Elizabeth celebrate these promises together, and Mary sings this incredible love song to God but right before she does mary elizabeth says these encouraging words to mary she says blessed are you among women and blessed is that child you will bear blessed is she who has believed what the lord has said to her will be accomplished And then this is when Mary breaks out into song, and she sings, and she says to God, My soul glorifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he is mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost th- thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but he has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but he has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever. Even as he said to our fathers. Wow. Wow. This song that Mary sings is called the Magnificat. My soul magnifies, exalts the Lord. This is one of my favorite parts of this talk, just learning this whole song. This praise to God, I think, is so beautiful. And scholars say that it's so full of the Old Testament scriptures that Mary probably had it memorized. You see, even at a young age, Mary was focused on glorifying her Lord. Through this song, we see the tender and humble heart of Mary. Listen, we all magnify something in our lives. And here, Mary's soul was magnifying the Lord. God's love exposes the contents of our hearts. As women, and those of you who are mothers, know that children can often reflect the content of their mother's heart at times i remember when my two little girls were young babies piper was a little baby and she was in her crib and i was trying to get her to go down for a nap but you know she just didn't want to go and she was crying and abby and i were in the other room trying to read and we were taking our rest time and i we were getting frustrated and abby in frustration says oh why can't that baby sleep You know? And so at that moment, you know, she must be saying what she's heard me say many times before. Her heart was just a reflection of mine at that moment. You see, God's love covers all of our flaws and imperfection. God's love reveals the inmost part of who we are. He knows things about you that no one else knows. If I could read your mind and see into your heart right now, where would it be? This Christmas season, what will your heart magnify? Will it magnify and reflect God's love? Or will it magnify something else? My life is messy. And I, I'm not always thinking of others. And if we're honest, I can tell you that my friends can tell you that I'm intense and emotional at times. I make mistakes with my husband and my friends and my girls. I mean, it's actually humbling how many times I have to ask for forgiveness. The last thing on my mind at times when things come along in my life is to praise God or to give him thanks. But if we only hear one thing this morning, remember this. Regardless of what you think of yourself this morning, the fact is that you are loved and worth dying for. It doesn't matter what you wear or how smart you are. Whether you love yourself at this moment, or whether you or you feel like your life is falling apart, the fact is that you are cherished and loved and adored by God. God's love is complete and free, and God's love is full of grace. I don't know why I'm crying. <laughs> you see, um, God didn't make us to move through this life with our heads down, moving from thing to thing, checking things off of a list like we're sleepwalking right through life. He is saying to us today as women, blessed are you who believe what the Lord has said will be accomplished. He has made us to have this incredible intimate relationship with him and then to live a life of love and to love other people and to let that love shine through to the world. The question we must ask ourselves today is how does this love change the way we live our lives? It has to change everything. God's love changes everything. God wants all of us, not just part of us. Mary willingly sacrificed her life to God, and I believe it's in the awakening of life, or it's in the giving of life, that we can awaken to life. As women, I think we want to control the situation and um, sometimes, we, you know, but I'm learning that the key to really living is to accepting my life and then taking risks in front of that, right? It's letting go that we awaken to God's love. Now, did the fact that Mary was the mother of Jesus mean that her life was going to be um, without, you know, without hardship? No, it meant that her life wouldn't be always easy. Just the opposite. Mary's heart would grieve her son. I mean, Mary would watch her son live a different life from the world and be rejected by the world. And ultimately be there when he died on the cross. I mean, can you imagine? I can't even imagine the vulnerability as a woman, as a mother, watching my son die on the cross. One of my favorite pastors, besides my husband and Ray, of course, is John Ortberg. And he wrote about Mary and the relationship that she had with Jesus. And, she said, and, he, he's, and about this relationship, he said, I wonder how many times did Mary say to her little boy, It's okay. It's okay. Your Heavenly Father has always been faithful. So if he ever asks you to do a hard thing, son, maybe you will. If he ever does, remember how your life started. Remember what your mom said when she was just a scared young girl. And Orper goes on to write, And years later, in the garden, in the shadow of the cross, the father did ask his son to do a real hard thing. He asked his son, Will you take on yourself the weight of the sins, the death of the world, so that forgiveness and love could begin the great reversal? And the son says, not my will, Father, but yours be done. Let it be according to your will. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? Just like what Mary said to the angel Gabriel when he came to her that first time. And she said, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. So some years passed, and the church that Dave and I were attending in Texas was going through what we as a church just recently gone through, Accelerated Giving Season, And um, during this time, Dave and I felt kind of the release, the letting go of ever having our own children naturally. And we said that we, whatever, we're just going to give it to, to God. And independently, we came to the conclusion that we would give what it would cost to do the in vitro. I felt like in essence we were saying we were giving our child to God. Now, we didn't have that money But we said, let's trust God, and that's it. I mean, nothing else. We made our commitment, and we trusted God for the courage to follow through. And during this difficult season, Dave's grandmother passed away. And to our surprise, left Dave and I an inheritance. And it was just enough to cover one round of in vitro and fulfill our pledge to the church. Now, most of you know how the story ends for Dave and I. And through God's perfect um, grace, we had precious Abby. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Lord. Uh, It wasn't the plan that we had for our lives. It was unexpected, right? But it was the moment for us that led to one of our stories, just like for you. And then for two and a half years later, we had beautiful Piper was born to us as a total surprise. So (laughs) life doesn't always turn out the way. um, I mean, no, I want to say life doesn't always turn out this way, right? And there are moments in our lives where it is much harder to see God's love. Um, And I have those stories, too. We'll save those for another time. But I believe that it is really through the letting go that we truly um, awake to God's love. So my last question, and then we're done, is what if we lived like Mary? What if we were awake to God's love in our lives and his love transformed our lives? What would it look like for you this Christmas? So regardless of where you are in your spiritual journey... Regardless of what others think of you or what you even think of yourself today, know before you leave here that you are loved by God. And you are beautiful. You are kind. You are funny. You are unique. All of us are worthy of God's love and affection. We are cherished and loved and adored by the living God. And he has an amazing adventure for your life. Today, just like Mary, inside of you is that same strength and courage to change the world around you. Will you pray with me? God, we are today, we are amazed and in awe of what your love did through one young girl, Mary. I just pray this morning that you will wrap your arms around us and that we will not leave here without feeling your love and that we will love you a little bit more during this Christmas. Thank you so much for the opportunity to be here. Amen.